Hello and welcome to the Sports Blitz. Coming up on today's show, the Bundesliga resumes this weekend. We look ahead to the first fixture since March and tell you who you should support. The NFL has released its schedule for the 2020 season. We look through some of the more interesting fixtures. Plus more last dance reaction, Vettel leaving Ferrari and random sports facts that's opening up on Tuesday's Sports Blitz. And welcome to the show today. This podcast is dropping on the 12th of May 2020. Remember that this podcast can be found at Anchor.fm, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, TuneIn and Google Podcasts. And we have a website with great articles and other audio content that can be found at the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. Hope we're all still doing well then. How are we enjoying the last dance is the big question that we're going to be asking this week and next week and which we've asked for quite a few weeks now really did love the episodes that came out this week as per usual really enjoyed the stuff about michael's baseball career which i sort of think is kind of misreported and all the stuff about space jam about how he used to have all the superstars come down to play basketball against him at the end of the day and his schedule which was intense very intense but yeah the last dance again if you haven't seen it i really recommend it it's absolutely phenomenal i I do love it currently number one in the uk on netflix as of point of recording so that's brilliant as well and the other thing i want to mention is there's a new show on fox called ultimate tag which we, we all know what tag is we played it as kids it was tig where i was from but it's quite the reason I bring it up is because it's being hosted by JJ Watt, TJ Watt, and Devic Watt, and I I need to see this now. That is absolutely fantastic and fascinating. I it, it it's the Watt brothers. I mean, what more do you want from life? So I'm definitely going to be watching that if well if I can when it comes on. If you go on to the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com, you'll know that we did a Bundesliga article this morning looking forward to the resumption of the season this Saturday. And to talk you through some of the big talking points on the Bundesliga, I hand you over to live broadcast version Alex. One of the things I find interesting is that the Bundesliga's slogan is football as it's meant to be. What we're going to be seeing over these next couple of weeks, though, is actually football as it has to be. So... Obviously, no fans in the stadium, which is going to be a big shame. There's going to be no no atmosphere. I, it, it, it's going to be hard to get used to, but I think we have to get used to it because, of course, the alternative is that we don't have football at all. And to be honest, no thanks. I'd rather not. I just want to run through then some of the big things in the Bundesliga over the next few weeks, what you should be keeping your eye out for. And we'll start then with the very top of the league. We'll start with Bayern Munich, who are four points clear of Borussia Dortmund going into this weekend's fixtures. They had a very tough start by and under Niko Kovac at the time and <clears throat> let's face it, they never really looked convincing last year and when it, when he was sacked after that 5-1 defeat to Eintracht Frankfurt, it, it wasn't really a surprise. From day one, if you remember they played Hertha Berlin on the opening game of the season and from that day they really did look shaky at best so that wasn't really a surprise but his replacement Hansi Fick has adapted to the role very well and now they're back at the top of the Bundesliga it's for all the same reasons as per usual to be honest they've been dominating possession very well they've been stout defensively and Robert Lewandowski has been I am convinced Robert Lewandowski is not from the planet earth 
39 games no sorry 39 goals in 33 games that is absolutely out of this world how he does this on a consistent basis is beyond me and it's a shame that he kind of gets lost in that best player in the world conversation but i don't think he is he definitely deserves a lot of credit for what he's been doing at Bayern Munich on over the last few years statistically this is the best Bayern have been since Pep Guardiola was in charge and we all remember how dominating Bayern Munich were under Pep Guardiola this is the best they've been since then and I think just fantastic for Hansi Flick to be able to bring that sort of form back to Bavaria back to Bayern Munich so it'll be interesting. They look a lot better this year. The question remains, will they be able to get past their rivals? The biggest ones are obviously Dortmund's young guns. They're probably the, they're the favourites if it's going to be anyone to overthrow Bayern at the top. They're the team who I thought were actually going to win the Bundesliga at the start of the season. And the reason obvious, the embarrassment of riches they have on offence. I think Raphael Honigstein, Honigstein, who writes for The Athletic and also does the fantastic Steelcast, podcast if you haven't listened to that give it a listen if you're a german football fan but he, he correctly put it it's kind of like a who's who of the ballon d'or 2024 contenders so you have julian brandt there you have Jaden sancho probably not for much longer erling harland Forgan hazard many more players there as well a fantastic side paco alcacer who probably should be doing better than he, he is uh, marco royce as well axel vitzel just a wonderful team the question they have is can they deal with their defense they've got Bayern coming up in a couple of weeks i believe maybe two weeks time and over the last two games against Bayern in the league they've lost by an aggregate score of nine nil that's not that's not like random that wasn't a surprise that is uh, that shows a systematic error with their defense it's it's been shown many other times as well they conceded three against Paderborn for example so there are still big questions to answer for Bayern Munich meanwhile the other title contenders Rassenball Sport Leipzig Julian Nagelsmann continuing to work wonders there good young team obviously led by Timo Werner as well they're doing very well Borussia Mönchengladbach have actually alongside Rassenball Sport Leipzig been top more weeks of the Bundesliga season than any other side including Bayern and Borussia Dortmund but they've just started to fall off I think Marcus Furman is probably their best player he needs to get back into gear and finally Bayer Leverkusen they're eight points off but Kai Havertz can make anything possible for you and I think they should not be entirely ruled out yet go on to a few other teams and real quick Union Berlin, we mentioned them a bit later on, but they've been the real surprise this season. They've really been able to grind out results when they've needed to, and they've just looked really impressive. The aim has been quite clear, just secure another season in the Bundesliga, and then we'll start to shift towards the style of play we really want, and it's been working dividends. They are currently, I believe, 11th place in the league, if I remember correctly, as I start to try and find the standings. Um... Yeah, they are 11th in the league. So, and they are quite a way off relegation at the time, for the time being. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I love them. If you haven't seen why, go and look for the TIFO football video about them. Go and look for the Copper 90 video about them. I linked to them in the blog on the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. Yeah, they've been absolutely fantastic this year. On the other hand, let's go to the west side of Berlin. We're over the east side of Berlin. Let's go to the west side of Berlin and let's talk about Hertha. Because Hertha, mm, it's, not, it's not gone to plan, has it? Uh, 13th in the league. This was meant to be the year where Hertha showed they could be the big side Berlin arguably deserves. It's one of the only big European cities that doesn't have a big side in it. And this was going to be the year where that changed. But it's not the year where that's changed. 
if you've been following, you'll know that Jurgen Klinsmann was the manager for it and then left. And his accusations that the board and ownership are essentially incompetent and trying to asset strip the team have, have not gone down entirely well. And obviously, recently they've been in the news again because Solomon Kalou decided that who cares for coronavirus protocol? I'm going to shake everyone's hand and probably lick some door handles. And yeah, it's it's not exactly been going well. They have looked like a joke at times this year, and obviously the Solomon Kalou thing, it, it didn't help. So yeah, they've not really been getting off the aura of the powerhouse, but they do look like they're on the right path with Bruno Vadia in charge, a guy who's kind of been a journeyman Bundesliga manager over the last few years. And then at the bottom, we've got Paderborn, who are 18th. They're playing Dusseldorf this weekend, who are 16th. They're the Bremen, surprisingly struggling towards the bottom. They finished 8th last year. And I sort of think the relegation picture is fairly settled. Mines could get dragged into it. A few other teams could get dragged into it. But I would be relatively surprised if the bottom three don't go down. Bearing in mind, though, obviously... What we're about to see is nothing like the season that's already come before. So anything can truly happen. Even Eintracht Frankfurt aren't really safe from the drop. So we'll see what happens over the rest of the season. If you're going to be watching the Bundesliga for the first time, I'd like to point out some familiar faces, some players and managers who you would have seen before from their time in England. Let's start, obviously, with Richard Dorman with Jadon Sancho, the man who is linked to Man United every single day of the year and other Premier League clubs and even Barcelona and Real Madrid. He's still at Borussia Dortmund. He's still playing absolutely brilliantly, one of our best players. And how he's been able to link up with Haaland since Haaland came in January has just been exceptional. They've got a real good relationship going there. So, Borussia Dortmund, Jadon Sancho, great player. Obviously, expect him on the plane to the Euros next season. Over at Schalke, John Joe Kenny, a loanee from Everton. I was going to say Liverpool, that'd be quite offensive. Um, a loanee from Everton, though, right back. He's been playing absolutely phenomenally this year. I didn't really expect him to be in the first team, but he has been playing really well. And absolutely fantastic for him. He is... He's one to look out for for the future. Meanwhile, David Wagner, the former head coach of Huddersfield, of course, got them promoted to the Premier League and then kept them there for a year. He's also the Schalke manager, and he's been doing a lot of good things, though he has been getting a bit of stick recently because it's not been going as well as they wanted. It's interesting, Schalke seem to say that they're annoyed because he's not properly challenging for European places, which is odd, considering that the side were battling against relegation last year, so... You know, answers on a postcard, please. Also, Rabbi Matondo used to play for Manchester City's Youth Academy, so if you follow that, then you'll know him as well. Meanwhile, at Rassenball Sport Leipzig, Adamola Luckman. Is he a former Everton player, or does he still play for Everton? I'm not sure. But he is currently at Rassenball Sport Leipzig. I can't remember if he's on loan or not. And also, Ethan Ampadu from Chelsea, the centre-back. Two very explosive talents. Not being able to get as much game time as they probably want because Julian Nagelsmann's side is very strong. So it can be a bit hard for them to get playing time. And finally, if you're a Leeds fan, if you're a Wigan fan, if you're a Fleetwood Town fan, or a Brentford... Wait, did he manage Fleetwood? Or a Brentford fan, though, then you'll know Uwe Rosler, the manager of Fortuna Dusseldorf, also, of course, a former Manchester City player from the 1990s, a cult sort of hero over there. He's managing Fortuna Dusseldorf, trying to get them out of the relegation place as well, still playing that rock and roll football he is known for. Not when he came to Leeds, he wasn't known for that. He was known for being absolutely useless. But best of luck to him anyway. So, whilst German football is getting back underway, English football is arguing 
still, because some people still don't want Liverpool to win the league. Let's talk about English football. Let's start at the very top. Let's start with the FA. Greg Clark has said the FA will not sanction a move to remove relegation or void the season. He also says that teams should prepare to face a no-season resumption possibility. Meanwhile, Richard Masters, the head of the Premier League, has also said that they, for the first time in a meeting, discussed what would happen if the season was not able to go ahead, not able to finish. Meanwhile, League One and League Two, it looks like they are going to finish early. They've said that it's going to be more expensive to have the season come to a completion than it would be for the season to just finish as it is now. How they would end their season and who would go up and down is still subject to league approval. Meanwhile, it looks like they're trying to keep the championship going and they're saying the Premier League could start as early as June 1st. So, hmm, I don't like any of this. What what do we make of the developments in England? Uh, well, except for the FA's statement, love that. But what do we make of the developments in England? It's all a bit... Uh, this is the one problem with English football is because there are so many different bodies... Nobody can ever ever agree on anything. You've got the FA, the EFL, and the Premier League, which just gets a, a bit painful. Um, so, I mean, looking at it now, League One, League Two finishing as it is, I don't think will harm too many people. I think they need to find a reasonable way of understanding who's going to go up and who's going to go down, if they're allowed to do that. Championship resuming? Ugh. I'd like to see it resume, but it might not. I definitely because. would. I think it should. The only problem being, it doesn't bring in as much money as the Premier League. And the reason why they want to bring back the Premier League is not only just because it just makes things a bit easier in sending people up and down and into Europe and not into Europe. It also brings in a lot of money to people that aren't earning it at the moment and puts people back and gives them Tra- back their jobs. By the way, just try telling Sky that the Championship doesn't make any money as they schedule leads for every single weekend. Oh, you're on TV this week. That's another half a million yeah. to a million. I need that. Come on, give it. I mean, in fairness, if the Championship did return and the Premier League returned as well, I would not be surprised if there were moves made by Amazon, BT and Sky to try and televise as many games as humanly possible. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I personally think all games will be televised. They should be. I think the- they should be. The UK restriction on iFollow and other streaming services by the football clubs will definitely be dropped. So, I mean, that's fine enough for me. Leeds United's coverage is pretty good. One argument has been this thing about the neutral venues. I remember hearing Gary Neville saying, well, if it's the bottom six that are complaining about the neutral venue thing, then make their, their home stadiums the neutral venues. That would solve everything, wouldn't it? It's not really fun. suitable for Villa, though, is it? Because the reason they've picked the stadiums they have, including Brighton's, is because they're out of reach and it's hard for supporters to congregate there. Villa's is near the city centre of Birmingham. Basically the antithesis of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's And it, it's got incredibly easy transport links for fans yeah. to congregate outside. But it, it feels like most people do want the season completed in some way, shape or form, and even more people do not want the season voided because most people aren't purely obsessed with Liverpool Football Club, which is nice. If the season did have to end though, how would what what would be your personal preferred method? 
points per game, I think. Yeah, is, points per game. Seems like the only one that it it's like a best of a bad bunch. I don't want to see the season voided, of course, but if we get to that stage and um correct me if I'm wrong, but they've not set a date for um the point by which we either resume or we don't. Yeah, no, they haven't. Um, it is but, actually yeah. interesting. Sorry, just to touch up on that point. Yeah, that no, sure. The, um, the Athletic ran an article this morning about fan preference. And most fans, the majority, are willing to wait at least up to six months. So, credit to the Athletic for this research. But 47% of fans want, would only wait three months. But 26% would wait up to six months. 11% would wait up to 12 months, and 14% would be willing to wait more than a year. I mean, it's all a bit of a, everyone wants it to happen. The only the people we don't always hear about, the players themselves, seem to be hiding between, behind agents occasionally, or, yeah. or WhatsApp groups. But then Danny Rose came out, and it was quite, um, it, was, it wasn't PG, to say the least, hmm. saying that you know people should just think about saving lives and not getting footballers back on the field. Yeah, my personal favourite was from Jack Grealish, who said he might be scared to go back. Aren't you the same Jack Grealish who was caught partying with several other people a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I thought so. Mm, he he doesn't Grealish, cover himself yeah. with glory on any basis ever. Yeah, Jack Grealish, the brightest spark in uh, the book, obviously, mm. yeah. Yeah, we'll get on to another bright spark later on in football over at Derby. Anyway, let's move on, Ben, and let's move on to the NFL schedule. I, I want to just start by mentioning the fact... <sighs> But me and my dad have all year, well, since it's been announced, been looking forward to watching Steelers-Giants. We could sit down, we could watch it together, we could, um, you know, have that typical banter, maybe, at, back and forth with one another whilst the Steelers were playing the Giants. So, of course, they scheduled it for a Monday! But there are a few really interesting games on the opening week of the season. The Texans are playing the Chiefs. The Dolphins get to go to the Javits Stidham led Patriots. So that's going to be fun. That will be you very mean interesting. Oh, yeah. Tom absolutely. Brady, too. I've I mean, for me, the absolute game of the week has to be the Buccaneers at Saints. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees for the first time. That's going to be hilarious. With Brady in a Bucs uniform. Yeah, boy. Are we looking forward to Tua getting absolutely poleaxed by, you know, literally anyone the kicker at this point yeah and interesting. being out for the season actually that's an interesting question is Tua going to start week one because uh, i don't I think he is it. i doubt it i really, at really most he'll it. be in at the preseason to take the snaps but i doubt he's gonna yeah he's he's not going to be uh messing around with that too much mm. the raiders have their first game at allegiance stadium on the 22nd of September at 1.15 in the morning over here. It's the Monday Night Football. I think quite a lot of their games are scheduled for prime time this year, which is odd for a team that missed the playoffs. But, you know, good for I them. Think, I think people are just excited to see the sort of new franchise, effectively. I mean, it, it's not, though, is it? It's still the fact... They're starting Marcus Mariota at quarterback. I mean, I'm that's sure, sure that's not an exciting team. It's still that the same is player. box office, Alex. What box office Mariota. So, are there any other big games that are really interesting that have come up on the schedule? I tell you what, I'm so happy most of our games are at 1pm. So happy. Finally. There's a schedule I mean, I'm a interested... Whole. There's a couple of games I'm interested in from our schedule. Uh, we play the Cardinals, which should be pretty interesting just because I'm excited to see how they develop. 
Um, you played for Cardinals last Bengals year, didn't you? The Bengals in general, I'm actually... Uh, yes, we did. Yeah. Well, and so. we have them again this year. But again, excited to see how they develop. They've had a really good offseason. Um, and I'm excited to see how that team goes. Because I think they honestly do have a really bright future ahead mm. of them. Our game against the Buccaneers is going to be really interesting. As oh, absolutely. Any game of the Buccaneers will be interesting this season. And the Bengals, of course, will be interesting just to see how we fare against a uh you know top flight quarterback who's being recruited and drafted and to see how well the Bengals are getting on in general though mm. my prediction is still that they won't be that great yeah i mean for the steelers obviously one of the more interesting games of our season we are playing the ravens on thanksgiving it's the late game so yay love that and so just uh, looking at the schedule, actually, very interesting game for me. Dolphins, uh, Bengals, uh, early December. Um, looking at the uh, drafts, obviously coming back off the draft and to uh, going up against Joe Burrow, I think will be a a very interesting one looking at what happened with Tank Bowl uh, last season. And interestingly enough, it's at that point of the season where obviously I think Tua will have been integrated into the side at that point. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they've done already and how they'd shape up against each other. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll i tell you what was interesting. I saw a post on Twitter. I think it might have been by a Baltimore fan page. And it said, wow, look at the three Heisman winners in the AFC North, the three Heisman winning quarterbacks in the AFC North, and then there's this dude. And it had, like, obviously, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, and then that picture of Ben Roethlisberger where he's got like that really long scraggly beard I was like you do realize he's won two Super Bowls now right compared to yeah. your collective non yeah but don't let you know facts get in the way of a good narrative <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely. absolutely I mean I think that Ben is kind of on his way out like I don't think that he's going to be the soup the the quarterback for the next you know even five years but still like mm. He's had a good career. He's had a very good career, that. yeah. You know, we'll, we'll draft a replacement eventually. Rudolph is not the answer. Please don't. No, stop. No. Colbert, he, he's not the answer. Anyway. Tank for Trevor. Tank for Trevor. Only the Jags are doing that currently. <clears throat> Maybe the Bears. Anyway, let's move Possibly on. Possibly the Patriots. Yeah. Let's move. Oh, God, no. Let's move on. And the next story to mention is that Vettel has announced he's leaving Ferrari at the end of 2020. The contract negotiations that have been ongoing for the last couple of weeks, months, have stalled. And it's quite clear they're not going to reach an agreement now. So he is gone at the end of 2020. Very disappointing that Vettel couldn't win a championship for Ferrari. I know that's what he really wanted. He wanted to emulate Michael Schumacher. But... He was never going to get to Mercedes after Red Bull, and if he wasn't at Mercedes, he was never going to win one. So how do we how do we view Vettel's time at Ferrari? No, I completely agree with that. Uh, it's it seems to, I'm coming off a lot of uh, Drive to Survive stuff here, but it just seems like he always fell vaguely short uh, with the Scuderia, and you know for all his talents, working with you know a car that didn't quite shape up to the Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton driving it. I just don't think... Yeah. I mean, he he did for sure, but it's not like it was... It's almost, he was almost expected to do better, if you catch my meaning. And yeah. I do think, you know, he did reasonably well, just 
could he take that car to the next level? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think anyone really could have overcome That's Mercedes fair, yeah. outside of Mercedes. To be honest, yeah. I mean, it's not like you look back at 2012 with Fernando Alonso, where he probably had the fastest car and really should have won the championship that year. It, it doesn't feel like that with Vettel at any point. It feels like he never had the car anyway, and so yeah, his whole thing just can be epitomised by a flat balloon. <laughs> and a seagull. Was it a seagull? It's another bird at Canada. Oh, oh, oh those little things. No, no, the flat balloon things is literally like. And and the swapping of the podium places at oh, Canada yeah, as well. You know, his, his whole time at Ferrari's just been miserable. He's hmm. full of expectation and always falling flat of it. It's not always been his fault. Occasionally it has. Um, there's just been too much expectation on both sides of you know the table. Yeah. From, from the Tifosi ferrari and from vessel himself and realistically there were i think there's just better drivers on the grid Vettel's was interesting an exceptional driver a very good racing driver however when there have been moments when ferrari have been the superior car by a by quite a way at times so um, sorry when have ferrari been the superior car throughout the turbo hybrid era there have been at certain points during uh, more recent seasons where Ferrari's uh, power unit last year was exceptional. Um, and yeah, but it was it was never going to be enough to win a title against Art Mercedes. No. You've had Leclerc stealing the line like last season. I say, I was going to say, do you think that the introduction of Leclerc has helped or hindered Vettel in that way? Because absolutely. Right. So, final question: Who is going to replace? Vettel at Ferrari. I think the two names being put forward thus far are Daniel Pastor Ricciardo, Maldonado. obviously Pastor Maldonado. How did you know I was going to... No, it's going to be Timo Glock. <laughs> I, I don't think Timo Glock actually will be allowed within Italy for the rest of his life, but not the point. Daniel Ricciardo, the big name being mentioned, also Carlos Sainz. Who goes? Well, it's obviously George Russell, it's given George that PowerPoint. That it's it's Giga Kubica. <laughs> it's actually, it's act, let's be honest, it's the Somalian shed dweller himself, Jimmy Broadbent. <laughs> or should I say, Jamble Wanglebork. Wow. No I mean, Punterino, Jimmer. The two favourites, early favourites right away, are Daniel Ricciardo, who apparently has claws in his Renault contract, but if Ferrari come knocking, he can go whenever he likes. Carlos signs because he is the smooth operator and is doing very well at McLaren. However, I think McLaren are going to try and their absolute best to keep hold of signs. Mm. And Science Point recognise that McLaren are doing a very good job at the moment, and it's probably uh, realistic to expect with a Mercedes power unit in that car, they would be joining the front three teams at circuits. Yeah. Um, that suits, you know, their, their downforce package. So maybe Science goes and just says, hmm, I'll wait a bit, see how McLaren do, see if Ferrari drop off a bit. Um, or he takes the opportunity, in which case McLaren, I mean, they have to look around and see who they're going to swoop for. If um, Sainz goes to Ferrari, Ricardo will go to McLaren. That's my prediction. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. It's It kind of feels like Sainz is a more natural fit for Ferrari in a yeah. way. He also feels but, like he'd be the yeah. best to pair alongside Leclerc. Him oh, or Matt Gallagher. Or <laughs> <laughs> Matt Gallagher. The other names that, you know, I think people haven't thought of is, you know, I... It, wouldn't surprise me if suddenly someone like Sergio Perez was in the mix, but he's on a very long-term contract now at uh, Aston Martin Racing Point Force India Formula One team. <laughs> um, because that's the sort of driver they need. They need a steady Eddie. 
just to, you know, support the player, which is why Bottas's name has been thrown. Bring back Eddie Irvine. Worked well first time. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think the other question is just where Vettel will go. I mean... Obviously well, if, if I follow if I follow what I was saying earlier, and Ricardo goes to McLaren, Vettel will go to Renault. That'd be a fall from grace. It would, but there's not really many options. Mm. He's not getting in Red Bull. He's not getting in Mercedes, unless of course Bottas leaves. But I don't see that happening. That'd be a weird team, Vettel and Hamilton. It would be a very funny team. How would that even work? Because I don't know, but I'd love it. Not do well I mean, at all. Those two in the same car. Ooh, that'd be an interesting fight. Um, anyway, for a second there, I thought you meant in the same car as they would share the same car, like one sitting on the other's lap and they're both driving. Yeah, it's like what's that game where one player drives? It's a, it's in Trackmania where one player controls for steering and the other player controls acceleration and braking. Oh, that's just Top Gear. It's that. <laughs> No, it's Trap Mania Turbo. You do Top not diss the great game Trap Mania Turbo. Top Gear where they stack the cars on top of each other. I expected everybody just to get a bumper year on the end of their contract because of the current situation. But mm. if they do return early, you know, everyone's contract, bar a few stars, were, um, you know, they're up at the end of this year. Now, we could just see a couple of direct swaps. You know, Vettel goes to McLaren, Sainz goes to Ferrari, or Ricardo swaps with Vettel. However, there's a serious chance that one driver swap, you know, one driver going, being confirmed at another destination, the entire market goes crazy and everyone is swapping everywhere. Because I have a funny Silly, story. silly season, yeah. Silly, silly season. And there's a couple of teams that really might start swapping people around. I mean, I don't think Kimi Raikkonen will ever retire. But should he suddenly leave the sport... That's another seat open. And then the fact that Haas just need to get rid of one of Magnussen or Grosjean if they really want to start doing well again. Um, that's another seat open. It's just... It's, it's endless. We need another team in the sport just to make it even better. Bring in Audi. Audi F1. <laughs> then we'll be fine. Okay, joining me now and making her grand radio debut is my mum. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be here. Yes, um, nice to have you here as well. So, what we're going to do, because you're not a big sports fan, which makes making a sports segment for you a bit difficult. Yeah, totally. But what we're going to do is I have got ten statements in front of me. Five of them are true, five of them are false. And what you've got to do is figure out which ones are true and which ones are false. Okay. Okay, so we'll start with the first one. And that is, scientists have found evidence that heart attacks increase significantly for people who watch penalty shootouts. I would say that could be true, yes. It is absolutely true. I don't know if you remember the 2018 World Cup game between England and Colombia, which went to penalties. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with that after after seeing that then. Oh, that was, that I don't was really fun. remember it. But... I can't believe you don't remember the 2018 World Cup. Well, well, actually, no, I, I can remember. I can believe I can that. remember it, but I didn't know which uh, country they actually were playing Fair at the enough. time of the penalty shootout. Okay, the second question. Union Berlin fans literally bled to keep their team in business. Uh, I think that could be false. You think that's false? I'm afraid it's true. Now, it's quite interesting. In Germany, you can actually get paid for blood donations. And when... Union Berlin were struggling with their finances, a couple of fans, well, quite a lot of fans got together 
and decided to go and donate blood and give the, the money they made from it to Union to keep the club in business, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Oh, that is really nice. It's why yeah. Union are one of my favourite teams in Germany. And they, it was called the Believe for Union campaign. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Okay, the next one. Yellow balls were introduced to Wimbledon in 1986 to make them visible to TV cameras. True. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the easiest of all of them. It's it's quite obvious, but yeah, to help um help TV cameras, which must I guess must have been moving in for the first time back in 1986. Okay, so for the next one, Elvis Presley played quarterback in college. I uh, I would guess that could possibly be true. I'm afraid it's false. He was actually a black belt in karate. So, yeah, quite interesting, but he didn't play quarterback, I'm afraid. Okay, so for the next one, the country of the most Summer Olympic gold medals also has the most Winter Olympic gold medals. I would say true as well. True, I'm afraid it's false. Norway has the most in the Winter Olympics, and I believe America or maybe China has the most in the Summer Olympics. I I can't remember because I didn't look it up. But it's it's not Norway, surprisingly. Um. Anyway, let's go on to the next one then. And fox throwing was once a sport. I mean, I know fox hunting was a sport, but I can't actually imagine fox uh, throwing being a sport now, so I'm going to say false. I'm afraid it's true. It was actually a sports once, which is absolutely fantastic. I believe in the 19th, maybe early 20th century as well. I don't so, think that's really fantastic throwing foxes around, but I mean I don't, but they must have had really nothing else to do. They must have been bored out of their minds if they were resorting to fox throwing. Next one, one golf course in America has one hundred and twenty five thousand balls go into the water at one of its holes per year. Um, yeah, because if I was playing golf, I probably would do anyway. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's one of the trickiest golf golf holes in America, and a lot of balls are sacrificed to the water each year. Okay, the next one. The worst sport for head and spine injuries is American football. Yeah, I can believe that. I'm afraid it's not. It's cheerleading. Oh, really? <laughs> Which is less surprising when you start to think about it, in my mind, with how you know, daring they can be sometimes, especially for people who did the cheerleading at Roses. They were absolutely fantastic to watch. Okay, we're going to the next one then. England is one of two countries to appear at every Soccer World Cup. True. I'm afraid it's false, actually. England didn't qualify in any of the first three World Cups because they weren't a FIFA member. Um, They didn't qualify in 1974, 1978 or 1994. The only team to have qualified for every World Cup is actually Brazil. And finally then, we've got to the last one. St. Pauli are the only German team with a Yorkshire fan club. True. I'm afraid it's false as well. Borussia Dortmund also have a Yorkshire fan club, and maybe others do, but they don't come up on Google search, or not very easily anyway. Maybe, maybe Fortuna. Dusseldorf does. I don't know why, but there we go. Anyway... That is all of the facts for today. Thank you for joining me on the Sports Fest. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yes, thank your you first, for having me. Your first experience on radio. Yes, I've really enjoyed it. Maybe oh. I might sing next time. No, 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 you're not singing next time. You're never singing on this show. You are why I would probably be taken off the air. Anyway, thank you very much. Yeah, well, thank you. Anyway, let's move on to Argument Wheel. We haven't had Argument Wheel for quite a long time now, and so I think it's correct to bring it back. And today we are doing 
the best team to support in the Bundesliga is blank. On the world today, every team in the Bundesliga, our presenters will be tasked with persuading you that you should support whichever team the wheel lands on. We'll probably do this maybe twice each. So, I will start, and please don't land on SC Freiburg, because who knows about SC Freiburg, please. Anyway, I'll start then, and I have Hoffenheim. Great. Oh, thank you for that. 30 seconds. Do you like a club that comes from a random village in the middle of nowhere with only 3,000 people? Do you like a club that has got there purely because of one man's bank to the place they are due to one man's bank account? Well, Hoffenheim might be the team for you. They used to have Julian Nagelsmann as their head coach, but now they don't. They are an exciting team, though they do play an attacking brand of football, and you'll get to see them beat Hertha Berlin this weekend, and they've got a lovely stadium. So Hoffenheim, a great team to support. I lied, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I hope I get Hertha Berlin, just so I can just rant. <laughs> what, rant about Hertha Berlin's, we'll say issues. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so who wants to go next? I'll go, I'll go. Okay, Harry... You have... Harry, can you explain why people should support Bayern Munich? <laughs> Bayern Munich? Oh. Do you support Manchester City? Did you used to support Chelsea? Well, Bayern Munich is the team for you. They are the only team that are capable of bailing out other teams in their own league. To the point that they now hold it so much over, the, over them, they just pinch players whenever they like. If you want to win, support Bayern Munich. And also they play in red, white and blue sometimes, which is quite nice. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I didn't want Bayern Munich. I would have just mentioned how the Allianz is lovely. And you get to see how Robert Lewandowski defies every single logical thing about football. How has he scored 39 goals in 33 games this season? I don't get he it. Superhuman. He is superhuman. It doesn't make any sense. And they get to have Kai Havertz next year, so... Yeah, all in the name of competitiveness. Josh, you're up next. Josh, can you explain why people should support Rassenball Sport Leipzig? Sure. Would you like to be hated by the rest of the Bundesliga? <laughs> Do you want your own family to turn on you? Then go for Rassenball Sport Leipzig because you are, you know, obviously a corporate stooge who is a complete glory hunter. And if you'd rather not support a team like City or PSG, then this is your best bet. So go and sell your soul to Red Bull. Yeah. As as somebody who is very fond of St. Pauli, obviously I perfectly mesh with Rassenball Sport Leipzig. So, hooray. <laughs> <sighs> At least they have Julian Nagelsmann, who is genuinely quite entertaining on the sideline. I do enjoy a bit of Julian Nagelsmann. Okay, time for me again. So there's 15 teams left on the wheel, and I have to explain. Oh, thank God. Why should people support Borussia Dortmund? Yes! Oh, I'm so happy about that. Right. Do you want some of the most passionate fans in Europe, the best stadium in the Bundesliga, the best atmosphere in Bundesliga, maybe in the world? Do you want the exciting young talent of Erling Braut Haaland, Jadon Sancho for a couple more months, Julian Brandt, Forgan Hazard, Lucien Favre on the sidelines? 
Borussia Dortmund are one of the most fun and interesting teams to watch. It's a way to watch one of the top teams without selling your soul, and they always have the next best young, exciting talent. They are a wonderful team, they're a wonderful fan base, and I'll be honest, I've been dreaming of going to watch them for years now. So absolutely get behind Borussia Dortmund, also they wear black and yellow. Also worth mentioning as well that Raphael Honigstein, who does Steelcast, the podcast, and writes for The Athletic, called their forward line a who's who of the Ballon d'Or 2024 candidates. Which I am completely in agreement with. Anyway, Harry, you're back up and you have to explain why people should support their rivals in the Revier Derby this weekend, FC Schalke. Do you like a team that are sponsored by one of the title sponsors of the UEFA Champions League? Yes, we're talking about Gazprom. If you like blue and you like royal blue, Schalke might just be the team for you. With big names like Hunter La and Not anymore. and 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 John Joe Kenny and Leroy Sane to have come through their ranks, you're sure to see another big name star at some point. Time. So, obviously, there are much better reasons to support Schalke. Gazprom, the Russian energy supplier. Not not being one of them. The Valtins Arena is probably one of the best stadiums in the league. I love how their tunnel is designed to look like a coal mine to celebrate the region's coal mining history. They've got John Joe Kenny on loan from Everton, so you get to see a good young English talent. And David Wagner, the former Huddersfield manager, who has been brilliant with them for the most part. They are they have been struggling in recent months, but I do trust him to turn it around. And they're playing they play the exact kind of football you want to see played from a German football team. So, that is the best tunnel in I'll be honest, though, well, don't support them, because they're against Borussia Dortmund, and I prefer Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, but that is the best tunnel in world football. Oh, yeah, absolutely is. Okay, Josh, you're up next again, and you have Let's to explain why here. people should support Mines. How? <laughs> um, I'm not sure how he's supposed to do that, but they have they don't even have an interesting name. Okay, they're near the bottom of the Bundesliga. Where do you want me to go from there? Except... Well, I'll be honest. You know. All I can think of is Robin Zentner. And Robin Z- If you remember Robin Zentner's... We'll call it lack of concentration a couple of years ago. Then that is the only thing I think of when I think of <laughs> mines. I mean... I don't even... Signed. I mean, they are just... They're just, they're, they're, they're there. Anyway, do you, want, um, do you want to go around one more time? Yeah, yeah sure. Go on. Okay, right. So that means 12 more teams on the wheel. I'll start. Please give me who I want. Oh, it's not going to give me who I want. <sighs> I have to explain why you should support SC Paderborn. Right, so Paderborn <laughs> are a side who have been very fascinated over the last few years. They were sent from the... Dreiliga, I, I guess, third tier of German football, to the Bundesliga has been remarkable and they are very much taking the Norwich approach to the top flight, which is that it doesn't matter if you get the results as long as you play the correct football. And they have been playing really good football this year. They have a, an identity, they're going to stick to it. 
the football has been entertaining and, you know, they have been able to get results. I particularly remember the 3 all draw against Borussia Dortmund earlier on in the season. So, if you want a team that sticks to its guns and will fight to play the correct way, support SC Paid One. Their stadium is also okay. That'll do. <laughs> anyway, let's move on then. Javi. Hmm. FC Augsburg. Augsburg? Augsburg. Hmm. I'm just going to do the tiniest... Reese Oxford, Don. Yeah. If you want to watch Reese Oxford, the most overrated of overhyped English players in this current Big era, oof. then Augsburg is the team for you. They have a tree on their crest, and that's about all as relevant as they come. They sit currently 14th in the league, and are probably one of the few teams that could possibly drop to relegation. So support them if you don't want to see trees in League 2. I do quite like a lot of uh, players. I like Tin Javad, who was, was was a football manager wonder kid quite a few yeah, years ago. Um, he's a Leverkusen player. Mm. Julian Scheiber's quite good as well, to be honest. I do like him. But yeah, um, they're just a reasonable middle-of-the-park side, for the most part. The kits are nice too, white and green. I do like them. Okay, final one, Ben. And Josh, you have to explain why people should support... Wolfsburg. Okay, that's... Okay, I can actually do that one. <laughs> one, they're literally called Wolfsburg. It's the best-sounding name in the Bundesliga. But a team that's been vaguely consistently towards the uh, the top harsh, was heading up the top, of the Bundesliga seem to be vaguely exciting. They've knocked United out of Europe a few times, uh, horrifically so under Louis van Gaal, which was basically the end of his time at United. It was the beginning of the end. So if you like to watch a team that causes Dutch people pain, then go for Wolfsburg. <laughs> if you yeah. want to watch the, the best German team with W on their badge, support Wolves. <laughs> also, if you are an American, then um, John Brooks, the centre-back, mm. plays there as well. He so he's probably the best American in the Bundesliga at the moment because I don't... I'm not sure about Josh Sargent. And not only because he played for me in Football Manager, I'm mm, not great. Is there a winger who plays? Yes, they have American. wingers. By the way, Wolfsburg, ugliest uniform, ugliest kit in the Bundesliga. I don't care what anyone says. That kit is absolutely just poor. Oh, look at that. Wolfsburg kit. But of course, um, also, if you're a Liverpool fan, they used to have Divock Origi up front as well. I was watching Borussia Dortmund versus Wolfsburg from 2017, and I saw him and I was like, oh, look, it's him. I mean, it is a terrible kit in it real life. Such an it looks really kit. good in pictures, but it's terrible in real life. Hmm. It's a shame that Wolfsburg have had nice kits. I remember when they had that big crisscross one, which yeah, obviously yeah, was obviously De Bruyne. Hmm. Back when Kappa made their kits, those were good times. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, let's go on to Overwatch. The Overwatch is still happening. Will, you have an update? I do have an update. After last time talking about the Vancouver Titans seemingly imploding from the inside, we got to see evidence of it full forces. The Vancouver Titans released their team in its entirety, and picked up, as a whole, second win from contenders. 
Okay, that was, uh, that was a fun one. They managed to destroy entirely a championship-level team and replace it with a team that got absolutely slapped by both the teams they faced this weekend. While that's not unexpected, it was likely that was going to happen given the fact that they've just been called up from contenders, the fact that they've, uh, they, they didn't really have a lot of time to work on their coordination at the higher level, and the fact that they... You know, they just, they aren't all at the Overwatch League level. It makes sense that this happens. So, you know, the team can maybe improve, but other than that, we're not seeing much fun happen from that anytime soon. Also, congratulations, Vancouver. You just destroyed your own fan base. Um, apart from that, upcoming soon during the 16th week, so uh, two weeks from now, we will have the May Madness Overwatch League tournament. Uh, details for that are still being worked out, but what we do know is that it will be all of the teams playing against each other for a prize pool. Uh, there will be no hero pools, so it'll be the first return to kind of default Overwatch that we've seen since uh, the year started. And yeah, that's about it, really. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go on to news in brief, and we'll begin with Borussia Dortmund, who say they are confident of Jadon Sancho staying. The English winger has been linked to a move to the Premier League all summer, but Dortmund are expressing a high desire for him to stay at Signal Iduna Park. Meanwhile, the F1 Virtual Grand Prix was held this weekend, with George Russell taking the win for Williams. It means a Formula 1 driver has won every race of the F1 Virtual Grand Prix series thus far. Charles Leclerc finished second. He could have won the race, but he did get a three-second time penalty in the closing laps. Meanwhile, Leroy Sané could be going to Bayern Munich. The Bavarian side have agreed a five-year deal with the German winger. But now a price has to be agreed with Manchester City for the transfer to go through. The US Players Coalition have sent a letter to US Attorney General William Barr seeking justice for Ahmad Arbery. Tom Brady is amongst those who have signed it. Interesting considering Brady's relationship with Donald Trump. Korean baseball and soccer returned this week. Starting with soccer, the K-League 1 has been taken by the BBC. You'll be able to see games on the BBC. And it started on Friday with Jeonbuk beating the Suwon Blue Wings 1-0. Jeonbuk having won the league last year. There are other games across the weekend as well. The highlights among them, Ulsan Hyundai beating Sanju Sangmu, I think. I, I apologise already. 4-0. It can only go downhill from here, to be honest. Gangwon beating Seoul 3-1 as well. Meanwhile, Korean baseball has been going on this week as well. The Korean baseball organisation getting underway. And so far, the Kiwoom Heroes are topping the league with a 6-1 record. The NC Dinos are just behind them at 5-1, as are the Lottie Giants. The worst teams in the league are KT with Suwon and the SK Wervens, both sporting a 1-5 record after their first six games. Some sides have played seven. Others have played six. All games were played today. The highlights of them. The Samsung Lions lost 3-2 to the Kiwoom Heroes. The LG Twins beat the SK Vervins 9-5. And the Doosan Bears beat the Lottie Giants 11-6. Also the NT Dinos beating KT with Sue on my side, by the way. 7-6. They were down 4-6 going into the 8th inning, but scored 1 in the 8th, 2 in the ninth to get that vital win there against KT with Suwon. 
Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson has said that the Bears never talked to him ahead of a 2017 draft. The Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky with a second overall pick, whilst Watson fouls the Texans with the 12th overall pick. The Philadelphia Phillies have guaranteed the salaries of all staff through to October, even with the current coronavirus pandemic. A Stanford study found that of MLB's 5,603 employees tested, 60 of them had had positive cases for COVID-19 antibodies, meaning they should be immune from the disease. The study included 27 teams but did not feature players. Warriors shareholder Mark Stevens will return to his post as executive member of the board once his suspension is over. Stevens, who pushed Kyle Lowry last season, earning him the one-year suspension, owns between 2 and 10% of the Warriors. Plans have been submitted for a statue to Leicester's late owner Vichai Srivadhana Prabha to be built outside of the King Power Stadium. Meanwhile, in Spain, five players have tested positive for COVID-19 from Spain's top two soccer tiers. Arsene Wenger said Arsenal left their soul at Highbury when the Gunners moved to the Emirates Stadium back in 2006. Derby forward Mason Bennett has apologised for a video that showed him saying effing burn to Pride Park. The forward is currently on loan at Millwall and it's not known what club statement FC, which is what I call them, will do. Neither is it known what Millwall will do, who are apparently also going to respond. The Danish Superliga will resume play on May 28th behind closed doors. The first match will see AGF Aarhus and Randers FC with the regular season scheduled to be finished on July 26th. MLB will reduce its draft to five rounds, the smallest in the sport's history. By comparison, last year's draft was 40 rounds. The draft is expected to start on June 10th. Gareth Bale is a private signing for Newcastle United's new prospective owners. According to Marsa, Bale has been at Real Madrid since his move there from Tottenham Hotspur in 2013. Lionel Messi has donated €500,000 to six hospitals in Argentina to help them deal with the coronavirus pandemic. Lawyers who are suing the Houston Astros over the sign-stealing scandal have now amended their complaint to include a new subclass of potentially thousands of fans that the team has not refunded for their 2020 payments. The amended complaint said, quote, The Astros refused to refund season ticket payments for the entire 2020 season in the face of the COVID-19 coronavirus. Adding insult to injury, defendants continued to debit 2020 season ticket holders, bank accounts and credit cards for season ticket payments, with full knowledge that the full slate of Astros 2020 home games would not be played in front of the fans at Minute Maid Park. So, you know, Houston Astros, really classy organisation. Not only do they cheat, but they also take money off their fans for literally no reason. So, awesome. Good for them. Meanwhile... A few more stories linked with Leeds. Barry Douglas has said that he wouldn't leave his child with Johnny Alioski, which seems sensible. And Ben White would be the most likely to get stuck in a maze. And finally, Norman Hunter's coffin was led through the Elland Road Tunnel and onto the pitch for one last time on the way to his funeral. Hunter passed away at age 76 after losing his battle with the coronavirus. This adds to Leeds United announcing that the South Stand will be renamed to the Norman Hunter Stand. A really good move there by Leeds United. I really respect how they've responded to, to all of the coronavirus pandemic, but especially the passing of one of the club's biggest ever legends. Okay, let's move on to On This Day and Harry starts. Yeah, On This Day, in 1890, the first ever official county championship cricket match begins. Yorkshire beats Gloucestershire by eight wickets at Bristol. In 1925, Yogi Berra is born. Berra was a catcher for the New York Yankees for 17 years before a brief stint with the Mets in 1965. Berra also managed the Yankees twice and the Mets once. 
Barrel won AL MVP three times and won the World Series 13 times. 10 as a player and 3 as a coach. His number 8 was retired by the Yankees in 1972 and he was elected to the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame in the same year. On this day in 1970, Ernie Banks hits his 500th home run as the Chicago Cubs beat the Atlanta Braves 4-3. In 1974, in the 28th NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics beat the Milwaukee Bucks four games to three for their 12th NBA Championship, ending their awful lengthy drought of five years to win the NBA crown again. In 1975, rugby union GOAT Jonah Lamu is born. Lamu played 63 times for New Zealand, scoring 37 tries. He won gold at the Commonwealth Games with the All Blacks. Unfortunately, a kidney condition cut his career and life tragically short. In 1976, in the European Cup final, Bayern Munich beat St Etienne 1-0 in Glasgow. It's Bayern's third win all in a row and their second that was actually legitimate, not bitter. Where is the Leeds United belt? <laughs> in 1979, Steve Smith Sr. is born. Smith played for the Carolina Panthers and Baltimore Ravens in a 16-year career, getting to the Pro Bowl five times. He managed 18,786 yards in his career in total, whilst also being the Panthers' all-time leading receiver. When you said Steve Smith, then I thought you meant the cricketer. I have yeah, no like, idea what? why. Uh, on this day in 1980, in the FA Cup final, West Ham beat Arsenal 1-0, with Trevor Brooking scoring the only goal of the game. It's West Ham's third and so far final FA Cup win. In 1982, in the 22nd Cup Winners' Cup final, Barcelona beat Standard Liège 2-1, winning the trophy in their own stadium. Okay, on this day in 1993, in the 33rd Cup Winners' Cup final, Parma beat Royal Antwerp 3-1. In 1997, the Anaheim Angels score 13 runs in the 7th inning against the Chicago White Sox to turn a 6-2 deficit into an eventual 16-8 win. How many pitches did they have to go through the White Sox in that inning? What? Oh, great performance, lads. In 2001, in the FA Cup final, two Michael Owen goals mean Liverpool beat Arsenal 2-1. It's the Reds' 6th FA Cup. In 2002, the Austrian Grand Prix is held. Ferrari's Rubens Barrichello dominated the race, but due to team orders, pulled over on the finish line to give Michael Schumacher the win. Schumacher tried to give Barrichello the winner's trophy and place on the top step, and the race would lead to Ferrari being fined €1 million Euros and the FIA banning team orders the season after. In 2013, the Spanish Grand Prix is held. Alonso's four-stop strategy would lead him to a comfortable victory that is, to date, his last in Formula One. Also in 2013, Watford hosts Leicester in the second leg of the playoff semi-finals. Leicester were leading 1-0 coming into the game and the aggregate score was 2-0 going into the 97th minute when Anthony Knockhart died for a penalty. The penalty and follow-up were both saved by Watford keeper Manuel Almunia, which triggered a Watford counter-attack scored by Troy Deeney to send Watford to Wembley. It mirrored the goal scored by Doncaster Rovers 15 days before, and if you haven't seen it, watch it, because oh, it, it is one of the best football moments I've ever seen in my entire life. I personally had to throw in cheekily at the end this one from 2017. On this day, Michi Batshuayi scores at the Hawthorns, winning Antonio Conte's Chelsea the Premier League title. And then in 2019, some other team that won the Premier League title, called Manchester City, beat Brighton 4-1 at the Amex to win the Premier League with 98 points, one ahead of runners-up Liverpool. It's City's sixth top-flight crown and second in a row. 
And also in 2019, a buzzer beater from Kawhi Leonard secures a Game 7 win for the Toronto Raptors against the Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Raptors would beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals for their first championship. And brilliant, let's go on to the two-minute drill then. And we start with Harry. Could Michael Jordan have made it to Major League Baseball? I think he could have with enough time. The body positions and body the body muscle groups that are required for baseball are very different to basketball, so it was obviously going to take a lot of time to adapt his body, and we saw that when he came back to basketball as well. And anyone you talk to, any scout, any player in the games, said he would have easily made it. He hit over 200 in A, which even the baseball even the great baseball players who play today struggle to do. So I, I think he could have done it quite easily. Yeah, I think that with the mentality he had, the ability he had, I think he could have, you know, he could have easily made a career in baseball. Yeah, the last dance makes that quite clear as well. Two questions then. So your guys's favorite, your guys's Bundesliga game of the week and your favorite Bundesliga moment. So for Bundesliga game of the week, we'll tackle that first. It has to be the Vier derby between Dortmund and Schalke. Yeah. Agreed. And my favourite Bundesliga moment is definitely Robin Zentner. We, we mentioned it in Argument Wheel, but Robin Zentner <laughs> missing the ball and then trying to kick it. Oh, It's a shame because Robin Zentner is actually a really good keeper in the Bundesliga. He's very solid, but... <laughs> oh, He just forgot to take the ball and then tried to kick it. Ones that I've seen is I've seen a goalkeeper facing the wrong way. I've recently heading the ball towards an open goal from two yards out and still missing and then just turning to the camera and just smiling to himself and just going that just happens mm. also the keesling ghost goal that's a good one okay so for me i think it has to be just for a sheer display robert levitz he's five to nine minutes under pep guardiola for Bayern munich yeah just just the sheer talent on display there is breathtaking really yeah absolutely Okay, so based on Game of Zones, uh, do you think we'll see the return of Hal to the NBA? First of all, if you haven't seen Game of Zones, absolutely go and watch it by Bleach Report. It is brilliant. I love it. And, oh, got me right in the feels with that Hal Seattle stuff. But I, I think the return of Seattle to the NBA is almost inevitable. It's been called for since the day they left, and I think there's a lot of profit, a lot of money to be made from moving a team back to Seattle. They're also building the arena for the NHL side, and, of course, the Seattle Supersonics could easily go in there. Yeah, I any major market city is unlikely to lack teams from all the big four sports for any length of time, and the fact that I think Seattle is definitely going to come back to the NBA sooner rather than later. Uh, where is Giannis in the NBA next season? I... Uh- I either think he's going to stay with the Bucks, which is the most likely option at the moment, because the whole team's built around him, and I think he'd like to become a team legend. Otherwise, Toronto. Anyway, that's all the time we have on today's Sports Blitz. Thank you for listening. My fans go to Harry, Josh, Will, and my mum. The intro and end music for the Sports Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. The Sports Blitz will be back next Tuesday with another episode. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good week. Like the best play in NFL history, have an immaculate one. Goodbye.